Welcome to the Digital Aircraft Secrets Podcast. I'm Mark Schultz, your host. Aviation Professionals for Digital Aircraft Operations is a forum created to help our industry to progress forward into the full implementation of digital transformation and digital systems. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. It's Mark Schultz here, and we're here with another edition of Recovery in Aviation. And we're here talking uh, live today about blockchain. This is part two in a three-part series about blockchain. Last week, we talked about blockchain, the attributes of blockchain. We're going to cover a little bit of that again today. We're going to jump right into what business problems exist in the industry and how can they be solved or revolving around blockchain. Don't go away. This is going to be an interesting conversation today. All right, we're going to bring some guests in with us here today and uh, want to uh, bring in with you today uh, two guests that we have. We have Kieran Prakash and we have LV. LV shortens his name. LV, tell us your uh, your full name so people really know what it is. Thanks, Mark. Uh, happy to be back here. Uh, my full name is Lakshmindra Sinhan Vemuganti Venkataraghavendra. So, okay, okay, we're going to call you LV, all right? Okay, that sounds good. All right, very good. And then we have Kieran Prakash. And uh, both LV and Kieran are here with a company called Real Variable. And I thought maybe I would just kick it off by just starting and saying, hey, LV, who is Real Variable and uh, what do you do at Real Variable? <clears throat> Real Variable is a company focused on enterprise supply chain solutions using blockchain as a framework. We are a three and a half year old company. I am one of the co founders and uh, CTO of uh, Real Variable. Okay, very good. So you're the CTO, and uh, and the reason we're bringing this together today is because you guys have a lot of experience in the imp actual implementation of blockchain platforms and solutions. Great, good. Now, um, I also have with us uh, Kieran. Kieran, who are you, and uh, what do you do with Real Variable? Uh, hi, Mark, and a very warm welcome to everybody on the call uh, on this live broadcast. So I am Kiran Prakash. Uh, I am an AVP at Real Variable. Uh, I come with around 12 years of supply chain experience out of which almost four to five years have been, has been in the aviation industry. Excellent. Very good. So what we're doing is we're bringing in technical and practical knowledge, and we're going to have this conversation today about blockchain. And specifically, we're going to focus on, on uh, business problems in the industry is what we're going to do today. Now, um, before we get going here, I just wanted to mention to you is that it really helps us out a lot when you're watching out there if you'll share this broadcast. And um, if you take a look at the screen where you're watching right now on your live broadcast, down in the bottom right-hand corner there, there's a little button that says share. If you would help us out and share this, we can get the message out. We are really passionate about recovery in aviation and different aspects of it. And if you would help us, you can be part of helping us to drive recovery in aviation by sharing this broadcast. Um, also, during the broadcast, you are, you are going to have the ability to be able to comment and to be able to ask questions during the broadcast. And so right down there in the box, you can put in your questions during the broadcast. But before we move on, I always like to know who's out there watching and uh, who is you know, uh, on our live streams. And so um, if you would please just, just give us a shout out, put in the comment box you know, where, you're, where you're coming from. Um, we usually have people all around the world. If you would just uh, let us know who you are and where, where you are just to kind of get things going, I would really appreciate it. We like to recognize people and, uh, and just that they're watching out there. And then you'll have a chance to engage with us on, uh, on questions you know, as well. So very good. So uh, let's uh, let's get going here. Um, hey, listen. Last week we I felt like we had a really good discussion on uh, blockchain, and I want to thank the two of you guys, you know, for for doing that. I really really appreciate it. And uh, to kick things off, we wanted to just do a little bit of a recap. Um, I'm going to come to you, LV, and and you know, last week we talked a little bit about what blockchain is. We talked about 
the, the concepts of distributed ledger. We talked about how it's immutable or unchangeable. We talked about different things with regard to that. You know, um, LV, just it's, let's kick us off by just reminding people, is it what is blockchain and why is it important to us right now? <clears throat> so distributed ledger technology is the basic framework uh, on, on top of which, uh, you know, blockchains work, right? So the blockchain is the underlying layer of the distributed ledger technology where, you know, the consensus and, you know, the um, creation of the blocks, the transactions happen. And um, the decentralized nature of decision making in terms of like, you know, the network in terms of participants is what gives the ability for, you know, the blockchain to be, um, you know, being democratic, you know, being independent of, you know, central blockchain. But then there are implementations of blockchain which does not necessarily have to be decentralized completely. It can be pseudo decentralized, where like you know there is a group of private parties to create their own network, and then uh, you know um, start collaborating among themselves using the distributed ledger framework with the underlying blockchain mechanism. Yeah, good, good, LV. There was a number of things that I remembered from last week and which also you just brought into it. And one of them was, is that we talked about the concept of, of collaboration, okay? And I remembered that. That was something I remembered because it was like, it's giving us a new environment in which we can collaborate, okay? That was number one, right? Number two is, is that you talked about the concept of distributed ledger, all right? So in other words, we had um, multi-parties that were involved in being able to access these transactions and this information, okay? And, um, and then we also talked about the fact that it was unchangeable and that there was transparency, you know, to many people out there now. So we're going to talk today about, about how those features or how those capabilities present new opportunities to be able to solve problems. But before we go talk about how they can solve problems, we want to talk about what the problems are. All right. Hey, listen, um, as we go forward, I always like to just recognize, uh, you know, when people are jumping on and joining us. And uh, I noticed that I had a good friend of mine. Uh, well, I don't know. Um, he, he used to be a friend of mine, Rex Douglas. He was always hard on me, but uh, I worked with him at Boeing and I noticed that Rex is out there watching. Hey, Rex, I'm glad that you're uh, on with us today. And I miss you uh, giving me the ribbing, you know, when we work together. But it was fun working with you when I worked at Boeing. And then we also have people um, that are joining us from other places around the world on YouTube. It doesn't say where, but they're definitely interested in talking about distributed ledger technology and decentralized networking, but that's good. So listen, if you're out there and if you're watching, just keep telling us where you are. We have Rosemary Brewster um, who's joined us and it looks like she's joined us uh, uh, from uh, Washington, from Hobart, Washington. So we have people joining from the US and, uh, and Seattle area and other places uh, really around the world. So great. Hey, listen, um, I appreciate you being with us and let's uh, let's jump right in to continue um, this conversation. Listen, we talked about those things about blockchain, LV. Now I wanna move on to just a couple of additional things that um, are, are also important with respect to blockchain. And um, so uh, one question I have had people ask me is, is that why are there so many different blockchains out there? Why? You know, why is there different variations of it or flavors or different types of blockchain that exist out there? Right. Um, so as with any technology, right, so it started as a medium of um, a asset transfer between, you know, two different uh, parties, right, in this way. Uh, while keeping the uh, while keeping the cryptographic audit log of you know, the transaction, but then later uh, there was a need in terms of uh, there was a need that was uh, felt and understood in terms of you know creating blockchain to be able to having business rules, uh, which the network could uh, you know use to collaborate. So that is when you know the next level of uh, you know blockchain came in picture, whether it is IBM Hyperledger or Ethereum, you know with the ability of smart contracts, you know what they are, and then. 
there are you know other flavors uh, that have come in you know in terms of uh, fixing either the shortfalls of some of these blockchains uh, that have evolved and then you know trying to make sure that you know you build a certain solution for a specific industry and so that is how you know the evolution of um, a blockchain has been happening and then i'm sure you know there will be few more that you know yeah so so lv is it is it certain platforms or certain methodologies are are stronger at different things is that why they've evolved you know in different ways okay right so it's just like anything else out there is is that a particular solution is developed around a particular business problem and so we find that certain blockchain platforms end up being um, more capable of doing certain things and um, i'm certain that over time there will be more standards that will evolve you know uh, revolve around this and so we'll see some of those emerging Hey, listen, I want to continue to call out some friends of mine. Uh, I see Max Oliveira jumped on, and um, I appreciate uh, Max. I've known him for many, many years. Actually, we used to work together at Northwest Airlines, you know, many years ago. That's Mike. There we got Max. He's in, in Minneapolis. And um, great history of Northwest Airlines and Airbus and uh, United Airlines and other places. I think he's just relaxing right now. I'm not sure what he's doing. but And then uh, and then I have another um, business associate of mine, Mike. And uh, Mike's with a company called Fuchs, um, and they do uh, lubricants. And uh, I'd like to actually, as we move forward, when we talk about one of the business problems is, is that how do companies like that, you know, leverage, uh, you know, blockchain. So, you know, Mike, if you had any questions out there about leveraging like technology um, in like a manufacturing environment, it would really be really great if you'd ask some questions. So um, let's uh, let's continue to move on. Um, a few more things about uh, about blockchain. Let's uh, bring a couple of other, other ideas in. Now, I know people talk about things being immutable, all right? And uh, LV, would you quickly just say what immutable means and why it's important to blockchain? Sure. The very fact and you know the nature of blockchain being uh, you know having the distributed ledgers, which means that the information that is contained in each of the ledger has to be the same for the consensus mechanism to work. So even if uh, one party tries to change any entry in the ledger from a historic perspective, the rest of the ledgers will reject it because you know it does not match. So that is where the immutability of information comes in. Uh, and then even if somebody tries to change that, at the exact time, at the exact moment in time, the, it has to change across all the ledgers, which is going to be computationally difficult. Okay. All right. So um, uh, I think being immutable and being accessible, those things seem like they're in conflict with one another, but uh, you know, clearly they work together. Hey, we had another person join us, um, another business associate of mine, Tim Alden, and Tim Alden is with uh, Rosada, and uh, they're an MRO um, uh, platform company. And uh, I, I would imagine as we go forward, there might be some questions with someone who's um, running an MRO ERP system on how blockchain might be able to be used in something like that. And so, Tim, if you have questions, you know, you're also free to, to ask questions as we go along here. Hey, next question um, going on here is, is it, uh, you hit it on a little bit, but I wanted to bring this one out specifically, is, is it, what is blockchain transparency? I hear people talk about blockchain transparency. What does that mean? Um, take an example of a decentralized ledger where, you know, everybody in the ledger has access to the information. Right. So in, a, in an anonymous way, even if you say that, so which means that the transactions are visible to everybody, but you would not know that, you know, the transaction happened between which parties because of the nature of anonymity. When it comes to the private uh, blockchains, uh, where you know you can actually open up the information to the parties which are relevant to the transaction, which means that you know the transparency is uh, given. Uh, you don't have to really uh, bring the information out of you know one particular system or one particular solution and then you know send an Excel sheet or you know send something else to somebody. So the transparency is out there in terms of what has happened. If 
because of the immutability and the historic uh, audit nature. Yeah, I would imagine that uh, records and things like that are going to rely more and more on transparency so that, you know, when it becomes public information that that people can access those records. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, one more quick recognition of somebody before we go on to talking about business problems. Um, we have Asad Ali. He's coming to us from Texas. Hey, I appreciate everybody that joins and uh, appreciate you jumping on today. It's great to have, you know, such a big audience from around the world. Um, appreciate you joining. Anybody out there, you have questions, we're going to jump in now. Um, and uh, be taking questions as well. Hey, so um, I told you today that we were going to focus on business problems in the industry. And specifically, we're going to take the angle of what kind of business problems might be able to be solved by blockchain, all right? So we've, we've picked a few common ones that people have out there today. And so we're going to just sort of hit on them. The first one that we um, are going to talk about is going to be the aspect of uh, supply chain and supply chain logistics. So um, LV, I wanted to go to you and say, if I'm looking at the problem that people have out there today, whether it be in parts and materials or manufacturing or anything, anybody that has a lot of parts um, or assembly you know, processes, what are the problems that exist out there today in supply chain that might be able to be solved by you know, blockchain solutions? Yeah, so uh, when I when I try to define the problem statement, I would uh, probably you know define the problem with the information flow. May not necessarily be you know the actual you know on the ground supply chain problems, right? So with the information in the context of information exchange or information flow, if you see with the advent of this uh, contract manufacturing and then you know offshore manufacturing, you have many participants and many players uh, you know taking part in the supply chain, and you know each of them do not necessarily communicate with the entire value chain. They only communicate with their next level customer or they only communicate with next level supplier. So as the communication has to move forward in the value chain, there, there is no, there is no um, you know, seamless mechanism in terms of you know, the information flow that needs to happen you know, across the value chain. That is one of the fundamental problems that you know, we are trying to tackle in terms of creating a multi-party collaboration using blockchain. So what you're really telling me is that the great population of people that need to be involved in supply chain and logistics, um, they don't have the information that they need and the visibility that they need in order to be able to uh, you know, solve all the problems that they have, right? Okay, so um, I wanted to go to, go ahead. Uh, yeah, except, except, yeah. For the, except for the immediate customer and immediate supplier. Oh yeah, exactly. Okay, right, perfect. I understand. So, um, uh, Kieran, I'm going to come to you in a second here, but I, I want to. I like to sometimes frame some of the responses that we have around people's questions, and I think that somebody on YouTube here asked a really good question. Um, if we could put up the question from YouTube here, um, uh, maybe maybe you guys could pronounce the name for me here. Um, I I can't. It's Siri Siri Kenneth. There we go. Um, anyway, if we could if we could maybe um, address this question, I think that kind of leads us into sort of a response that you have, uh, Karen. Is is it how is blockchain disrupting the supply chain industry, and what are the benefits of blockchain and supply chain? All right, and um, and so you know, uh, Elvi, you just talked about how we now have better visibility and better collaboration. What does that really mean to the supply chain industry, Karen? Yeah. <clears throat> So blockchain and supply chain is uh, becoming uh, as uh, as important as it can be. So what uh, what I what do I mean by that is uh, blockchain uh, being a immutable and a encrypted ledger brings in more trust and brings in more uh, uh, faith in the ecosystem. So not that it is not there today, but that it brings that additional layer of uh, uh, 
trust between multiple parties and whenever there is a good switch moves moves from party a to party b it gets recorded onto an immutable ledger and smart contracts algorithms get executed which ensures that both parties agree to the transaction which has been made and uh, at the same time uh, what it does is it brings in more efficiency and more uh, trust in the ecosystem today there is a lot of disputes which happens there is back and forth which happens between various parties so blockchain being an immutable ledger actually takes away all those complexities and smart contracts being a kind of a digital form of your uh, physical contract document uh, brings it uh, brings in even more efficiency with respect to sales purchase returns and even warranties for that matter Okay, so Kieran, I understand that your company has implemented some of these uh, blockchain technologies or, or approaches, um, you know, in supply chain industries. Can you tell me what kind of an impact that's at, that that's had? Now, you know, I, I know theoretically we think about these things and we say, oh, if you could all just collaborate better together, and if you could see better what everybody's doing, it would all be better. All right, but how do we prove that using a blockchain technology is better than anything else out there for doing that? Can you help me just take it down one level deeper? Help me understand that. Right. So uh, we have done some research, Mark, uh, as far as blockchain adoption in supply chain is concerned. So as per SCM review, which is one of the leading magazines as far as supply chain management is concerned, the net benefit by using a blockchain in a multi-party collaboration will bring in al almost 13% of uh, net benefit to the entire ecosystem. So when I say 13%, it means the entire ecosystem will benefit by 13% improved efficiency across the value chain when there is a movement of goods between different parties in the value chain. And uh, second most important thing what uh, this kind of blockchain technology brings in is uh, the proof of delivery smart contracts. So there is always a, a contract or a smart contracts and there is a proof, digital proof established that a, that a good has moved from party A to party B or it has been shipped from one location to another and it has reached its transit point or its end point. So all this uh, getting recorded onto a digital ledger or an immutable ledger, which is visible to everybody, brings in that uh, confidence, that uh, uh, that transparency in the entire ecosystem. And last but not least, uh, the digital audit trail. So you have your entire digital audit trail of a part which is actually moving right from your suppliers, contract manufacturers, tier three, tier four suppliers, right up the value chain when the OEM actually ships the part to the end customer. So this entire entire transaction, when it gets recorded onto a digital ledger, that brings in the uh, that brings in the digital audit trail, which which is very useful when it comes to audits and other places, which in most places happens with respect to manual documents or paper based documents today. So, Kieran, you know, um, we all like to believe that we're efficient already. We like to believe that we're as efficient as we possibly could be. And so, you know, uh, we have a reluctance to look at something and go, how much better could it really be? I mean, do you have any specific experience from some of the things that you've done on how much improvement can be made in a supply chain, you know, through the application of these better collaboration and, and blockchain platform technologies? Right. So um, one of the use cases which we did for a major leading auto OEM in the APAC region uh, was something similar wherein we actually did this uh, 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 the part in transit tracking from the manufacturing facility right up to the dealers uh, which eventually you know uh, goes to the end customers so what we have seen and in this particular implementation we had oems involved we had multiple logistics provider involved and we have we had a large set of dealer network also involved 
so what benefit we actually saw by coming and by the entire ecosystem coming onto a single blockchain platform was that uh, the time to locate a particular part or a particular order was reduced from several hours to a few seconds you know just by logging in and by querying the part number or a po number you can actually get the latest information of where that particular part or po is and uh, as far as dollar value saving is concerned we are looking at uh, or we have seen almost a million dollar worth of savings uh, per quarter for the entire ecosystem you know when it comes to the oems when it comes to the multiple logistics providers and also the dealer network so blockchain as a technology blockchain as a as a solution can have immense business benefits uh, it is also possible that you know the organization may not really know that there is a problem so in certain cases i would say blockchain is a problem uh, is a solution looking for a problem you know when you are not define the problem itself or when the okay. organization is right. yeah hey um uh, we have a, a, a generic linkedin user who's asked a question there's no name on it but it says linkedin user but um i think it's relevant to what you're speaking of here right now if we could throw that up on the screen um there it says do you see the blockchain will eventually eliminate the need for personal relationships and expensive due diligence within a supply chain so so how does how does blockchain optimize you know the the working ability between people okay and maybe due diligence on records and that type of thing within the context of supply chain can you can you answer this question yeah <clears throat> yeah so that's a very good question uh, i i mean i'll again go back to the concept of smart contracts so we have this something called smart contract which is a kind of digital programmable code which can be modified you know based on the contracts between the various parties in the value chain so when we have a when we have a smart contract written onto the blockchain which is a kind of digital equivalent of your physical contract document it does it does result in uh, you know lot of uh, due diligence which will otherwise not be required uh, in a otherwise scenario so definitely i see uh, a huge value with respect to due diligence due diligence uh, the audits the the physical audits paper based audit trails which happens in which you know lot of audit efforts goes in and personal relationship will always be there i mean uh, there is no denying the fact that personal relationship will continue to be there <clears throat> between various parties but blockchain just brings brings even an additional layer of security and trust between two business entities because as far as business transactions are concerned it is going to be a step over the personal relationship so these kind of digital technologies do really matter even in the event okay good very good hey listen um i had a user ask a question a little bit earlier and i i wanted to address it so i hope jim fitzgerald is still there but um i i wanted to just carefully answer it because um it has to do with the uh the engine you know fire recently for the united airlines um uh, uh air, aircraft uh, denver to honolulu you know we all know about it it's been all over the news and um i am always very very careful to never you know jump to any conclusions and so you know um you know jim i don't have any particular specific opinion about that situation or about you know what the what the you know the failure was and what the causes might be but i do think it's a valid question that says that that is there a way that you can optimize supply chain or increase safety or improve record keeping you know um so let's take out this particular situation and not speculate on anything that happened with this airplane but let me ask the two of you is is that is that by applying jock blockchain technologies and by applying optimization of supply chains is there a way to potentially improve record keeping improve safety 
you know, improve collaboration. Can you comment on that in the context of preventing problems in, you know, mechanical failures maybe? Yes, Mark. So um, one of the key features or, you know, one of the key um, outputs that, you know, we see with the blockchain network is, uh, you know, the, the the, the truth or you know the, the way that you know the part has been used or you know the way the part has been treated uh, you know with the proper uh, uh, supporting the audit trail you know, which Kiran uh, is talking about so they, you could apply the relevant technologies like you know artificial intelligence and machine learning on top of this data which is like you know the immutable truth uh, you know what we would, would like to call would probably you know give that kind of prediction models in terms of like you know this part uh, would there be a safety issue you know if you use this in combination with you know, something else right so today is it possible yes but you know how reliable is data that you know you are working on in terms of you know creating this prediction layers or you know this predictive intelligence but with blockchain with the immutability of information that you know we can offer i think the predictive modeling can be you know much much better that is how you know probably you know, i would look at in terms of you know how it can address the safety and you know the other issues Okay, you know that's uh, that's an interesting thought. And if I if I translate that maybe out, um, I have another business associate who um, his name is Jim Bacarosa, and they have a company called Proven Air. And what they do is they actually track they do back to birth tracing of landing gear parts. Okay, and what he told me recently was is that he never finds a landing gear that doesn't have a record problem. He said it just doesn't exist. All right, and so if you put that in the context of these kind of issues and problems, is that by applying blockchain technology or, or overall improving record keeping to the place where records are more established and they're more readily available, we should be able to project that and say, we can improve safety because you have better record keeping or better accessibility to records. You know, And so I would say that if we do have better, better visibility and if we have do, do have better record keeping and if we do have improved supply chain management, we should be able to improve, you know, safety and um, information and data about parts. And if we have better data about the parts, that should give us better visibility into managing, you know, the safety and the maintenance of those parts. I mean, can you guys can you guys concur with that? Does that make sense? Well, it, it absolutely makes sense. And then, you know, with all the betters that you have said, also, you know, one thing that I would like to add is, you know, that the trust in the data. Is yeah. Uh, the, trust. the trust, yeah, that, yeah, the yeah. trust in the data, yeah, right, very good, very good. So, so definitely, if we're putting the concept of blockchain into, you know, some of the existing problems that exist out there, um, I, I definitely believe that having improved record keeping and having improved collaboration and, and trust in the records, like you said, you know, that is absolutely going to improve um, uh, visibility on maintenance and making certain that no maintenance events are missed or the things are done properly or better record keeping, and so. You know, it's not a stretch of the imagination to say that, you know, blockchain technologies have the ability to be able to improve safety. I, I think you can say that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's see if we have a few other questions here. Um, we have some different people here. Uh, I just wanted to welcome Simon Barker. He um, frequently joins us with uh, Aerospace Tech Review Magazine. I appreciate you being here, Simon. Hey, thanks for, for giving us a shout out. And uh, we have a few other questions here. Why don't we throw that one question up <clears throat> that we have there from Lewis, see if we can't address that, and then we'll go on to the next. Uh, that's a long question. Blockchain can also serve as a means of universal 
transaction platform. All companies have centralized ledgers, databases, true. Um, when sending an example for aircraft maintenance and aircraft supplier, there's a lot of persons who are to be paid, transaction information, making it inefficient in or expensive and slow. So um, I, I, let me just quickly comment on that is, is that I've had a lot of experience in working with companies who have difficulty keeping track of like MRO transactions, all right? And, um, and then they're, they're doing a lot of reconciliation at the end and, and they're, nobody's paid until they're fully reconciled, you know, at the end. And so definitely if we're doing distributed distributed, you know, ledgers and if we're, if we're giving better visibility into transactions that are occurring and making them happen more rapidly, there's no question that um, we can optimize, you know, payment and we can optimize logistics through the application of these technologies. There's no question about that. That's, uh, that's really good. Yeah. And All right. Mark, I, Go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to add one more point here, you know, going back to one of the previous comments that we have, like, you know, uh, can these benefits be achieved by, you know, existing technologies? Because, you know, you said, you know, we want to believe we already optimized most of this. Right? Yeah. So yeah. What, <laughs> what, what happens is, yes, you know, we, every one of us believe, you know, we optimize most of the stuff. So for a one and a half million, um, uh, you know, business saving, you know, we spent, let us say, about half a million to $600,000, let us say. But the same one and a half million saving, if you're able to do with $200,000, the optimization of business benefit is already happening. But, you know, can yeah. you make, can you optimize the same value at a lesser cost? That is where, you know, blockchain comes in and, you mm -hmm. know, brings in efficiencies. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good point. Very good point. Very good. Well, hey, listen, let's uh, let's move. We have a couple of other cases we want to talk about here, other business problems, not just supply chain. So let's move to to one of the next ones, um, you know, that we have here. And uh, let's see, it's uh, uh, warranties. So um, I know that uh, that I personally have experienced in the industry that um, that there is a lot of difficulty in managing of warranties and contracts. I've actually been involved in some, you know, smart contracts kind of uh, deployments um, out there in the aviation aerospace industry. And um, and so uh, can can one of the two of you, you know, give us a problem statement? What is the problem that exists out there today with respect to capturing of warranty information? Right. So, Mark, I'll take that one. Okay, please. So, if you see the pain points, there are basically three pain points which we are trying to highlight. The first one is 70% of aircraft or part warranty agreement today are paper-based. So, there is certain amount of information which does get captured in uh, does get captured in the MRO IT systems but largely most of the contracts terms and conditions are manual or paper based and uh, you need a big warranty team to actually understand and uh, you know deeply introspect and uh, capture the warranty contract conditions in a case where the claim is actually raised so that the first point is it is largely paper based Second point is uh, we went through some of the warranty week uh, articles uh, as far as uh, how the warranties are being managed today by the large OEMs, uh, you know, on the aircraft manufacturing and uh, also in the engine OEM space. So what we saw that uh, today in the aircraft manufacturing space, almost 70% uh, of the aircraft, 70% uh, of the warranties today are owned by the tier one suppliers and the remaining 30% is actually absorbed by the OEMs themselves. I'm talking about the air, air, airframe manufacturers. Uh, <clears throat> and when it comes to the engine OEMs, uh, we don't have such split, but uh, what we have seen is the engine OEMs uh, in the last 10 years, the engine, the warranty claims paid by the engine OEMs has increased uh, by almost 30% over the last 10 years. So there is a lot of warranties 
uh, warranty claims which the engine OEMs have to pay to their customers uh, uh, and uh, others. So these are the two key statistics which we have seen. And between uh, again between the airframe manufacturers, depending upon which uh, aerospace manufacturer we are talking about, there is uh, always up and down on warranty that you know compared to previous year, previous year there was less warranty vis-a-vis -vis more warranty but largely what we see was almost 1.3 billion dollars was spent on warranty claims a couple of years back as far as uh, warranties are concerned on the uh, manufacturer side okay now these yeah, yeah. obviously yeah, so Karen, help me help me unwind this a little bit because there's a lot of information there. Okay, is is that yeah. um, are we talking about uh, warranties from a manufacturer standpoint or a consumer standpoint, or are we talking about both? Actually, we are talking about both. The first part of the discussion is where we are talking about what what uh, what the OEMs can claim against their tier one suppliers and what their tier one suppliers can claim against their tier two suppliers. Okay, so, so, so let's the, so, so let's take them one at a time so that people can kind of understand them. I, I think this is really important. Is is that so? You have a, an OEM or a manufacturer, and they have a supplier. Okay, and there might be right. warranty issues that exist. So they deliver maybe right. products or you know components that um, that fail or or that don't meet the specifications. Um, how does something like blockchain help that specific instance or, or situation? Right. So, Mark, what we have done is uh, we are actually building a co-innovation solution with SAP. So what we understand is most of the OEMs and the tier one manufacturers are using SAP as their platform or as their ERP system for the manufacturing uh, process. So this particular solution, what it does is it takes whatever information is there from the underlying ERP systems, your supply chain transaction, your warranty related contract information and other information, whatever is available. And additionally, warranty uh, engines, warranty business rules can be built on the smart contracts, which we just spoke about uh, in the last use case. So couple, keeping these two things in mind, uh, digital transactions or digital records can be created onto the blockchain platform with respect to proof of delivery, proof of part usage, and the warranty contract condition. So whenever there is a, so this happens when the part is actually manufactured or the component is actually manufactured and the part moves from tier two to tier one, tier one to OEM. Then when, when a claim is raised by, the, by an airline to the OEM and the OEM uh, decides that OEM understands that this is a, this is a supplier related issue. What, what solution, what, what we actually are doing with the solution is this solution automatically points which particular supplier is responsible for the faulty part and whether that part is covered under warranty condition on the date of failure. And this way, the entire process is automated right from OEM to tier one, tier one to tier two, up to the tier end supplier. Okay. All right. Well, so, so lack of visibility, it goes back to lack of visibility again, maybe in lack right. of data or information. Um, I, I, you know, uh, Tim Alden asked a really good question here and um, I want to put it up on the screen because uh, I think he comes from a standpoint of they actually sell an MRO system. And I think he asked a good question. Is it surely there's a chain already existing between the, you know, the OEM and, you know, the, their own supply chain is, is that how is doing something with blockchain any different than maybe what exists today? Go beyond the supplier, right? So the OEM has claimed uh, the warranty on the assembly. So the supplier has paid the warranty or you know, registered the warranty. But then the supplier can also claim it from your next level supplier. 
now for the next level supplier to be able to agree that you know the the sub assembly supplier you know will challenge give me a proof that you know what i delivered to you is what you have used and that is what you have also delivered to the end customer and that is what has become faulty so there are four proofs that the supplier two requires from supplier one to be able to you know say that you know this warranty is renewable that is not possible with you know today's system because you know these proofs do not exist at one place yeah, you, you know, LV, um, I have personal experience where I visited an airline one time. They were uh, actually uh, in the Eastern European region. I visited them and um, and they had a very big backlog of warranty claims that had not been processed. And, and the reason they had not been processed is because they're difficult to administer, difficult to keep track of, to provide proof of. And so, you know, I, I, we, you know, on first glance, it might be to us to think, well, those systems exist. Why aren't people just using them? Well, if they're administratively difficult or if they're not automated or if they're hard to use or if they require a lot of manual intervention, they just don't get acted upon. And I, I literally at this airline saw millions of dollars worth of uh um, of, uh, of unclaimed warranty claims because they just had not acted on them. All right. So I think maybe the, the initial reaction we have is, is that, you know, systems have this capability, they exist, but the reality is that if they're not easy and effective and used, okay, um, then, then it just doesn't happen. And so, so if I hear what you guys are saying is that if we can create additional automation or create additional tra traceability, trackability, you know, visibility um, and, and put, fundamental elements in place, which make this easier, that the probability of being able to process warranties from all parties involved probably goes up. Is that is that really what I'm hearing you guys say? Absolutely, that is the first part. The second part is for a $10,000 claim, how much would you spend? Would you spend $8,000? Would you spend $1,000? Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. Um, so Karen, is uh, you actually, um, you guys have, have done a lot of supply chain optimization and I guess you've seen a lot of warranty challenges and, and issues that have come up with different companies, right? I mean, you've seen a lot of that happening today. Right, right, Mark, that's true. Yeah. So uh, okay. as I gave you the example, yeah. As I gave you the example, these are some of the statistics which we saw in the uh, warranty week uh, for the aerospace and the engine OEMs. Likewise, we have done research for the other industries like automotive and consumer electronics and many others. In fact, one more interesting statistics which I found out was almost one in every four claims is missed out due to lack of proper warranty understanding. So you have warranty administrators who need to manually go through all these documentations and the terms and conditions and the contract conditions and infer and deduce whether the particular claim is covered under warranty or not. So imagine all this, if, if all these business rules were to be written on a smart contract, which is a kind of one-time activity, the amount of time spent by warranty administrators in understanding and evaluating this complex claim would be reduced very drastically. And when you have two parties agreeing to a smart contract or a digital contract, then it becomes binding to both, part, both parties to adhere to or agree to the contract terms and conditions. So it becomes very, very easy. Yeah or far easier uh, in an otherwise scenario where you might end up discussing, deliberating, and it also might get into litigation incidents between parties. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, we still have two more, one or two more um, business problems that we want to talk about. But before I go to that, we've had a lot of really good questions and a lot of good activity. And I really, really appreciate that. And sometimes people come on and come off. And so I want to go back and address something that somebody brought up a minute ago before they would might leave. But um, 
You know, uh, Patrick Blue asked, is this is there a solution that's available right now and who provides it? Um, you know, the, the purpose for this dialogue that we're having here today, last week and this week, is to really talk about blockchain and um, the problems that exist out there in the industry. But yes, Real Variable does have a solution. And there's another number of other people that are in this uh, chain of comments that have solutions out there. But Real Variable um, is going to do a webinar two weeks from now, which if you wanted to see the solution in more detail, you can actually go sign up for their webinar. Um, it's at uh, blockchain.digitalaircraft.org. Um, we can maybe throw that uh, banner up on the screen there um, so you can see that real quick here. You can actually sign up for their webinar, um, blockchain.digitalaircraft.org, and uh, they're going to, to give a, a, a more detailed description of a particular solution or approach that they have implemented with respect to blockchain. Um, but, you know, uh, the, the discussions that we had last week and this week, week were really focused on on helping people to understand blockchain and the business problems that are out there so that people can vision and they can think about what could we do with blockchain and how could we potentially solve you know problems that are out there with blockchain hey listen the next one we won't, we won't, the next one we want to go to is part track and trace so talking about track and trace listen i've heard the word track and trace out there um uh lv or karen can you tell me what is meant by track and trace one of the two of you please yeah sure i'll um this is this is a very interesting subject for you know for me because you know this is the base platform um, you know for any of the solutions that you know you want to implement using blockchain okay uh, particularly in the supply chain uh, the, the simple reason being that you know when we talk about collaboration we talk about manufacturers suppliers and customers I mean, when we talk about warranty again you know we talk about the same set of uh, you know participants but then when we when we talk about the actual track and trace we are talking about you know all the rest of the participants in the chain, including the logistics providers, uh, the 3PL, 4PL players, uh, your carrier engagement, your truckers, um, the actual delivery, the e-proof of delivery. You know all of that ecosystem comes in picture here. And then today's operations that involve uh, right from the point of you know creation of a demand up to the point of delivery, they are very very complex. You know the asset changes too many hands. Um, and then, you know, let us say that you, know, you have an asset and then, you know, that goes into a box, that goes into a pallet. Then, you know, it, it, it gets broken into you know, different boxes again. And then, you know, it gets shipped. So, this is a very complex ecosystem. So, establishing the track and trace of a part from the time of the forwarder picking the boat till they are delivered to the end customer. That is what, you know, we call a track and trace. Okay. All right. And I think that we see uh, symptoms of that everywhere. You know, I talk to records companies and I talk to MROs and different people that are involved in different aspects, you know, suppliers, and there's paper, there's lost paper, there's lost records, there's inaccurate records. And so if we take all of those symptoms and put them together, you know, I think what you're trying to tell me is you're really trying to go back and address the root cause is what you're trying to do. Uh, exactly. If I understand what you're telling me correctly. Okay. All right. So, um, uh, Karen, is can you tell me is is it what are some of the places where track and trace has been used out there in the industry today? How is that being applied in in some of these problems that people have today? Right. So, Mark, uh, auto industry, logistics. There are many places, many instances where this kind of solution is being used today, uh, and the benefits uh, uh, is, is is immense when when compared to what it was. Uh, before uh, such a solution was actually built. So one of the examples which I just gave uh, in the first use case was regarding the automotive uh, player and how uh, how they how the automotive player and the logistics player came collaborated and you know 
come came together collaborated and uh, you know we had this track and trace solution built to them so it, it all depends on the size of industry mark and uh, if you compare auto with respect to aviation so in an auto let's take an example of an auto car you know a vehicle so you have around 40000 moving parts in a vehicle but when it comes to aviation or aircraft you have 3 to 5 million parts per aircraft so, and that is huge and uh, when it comes to tracking and identifying which part is attached to which aircraft when this part was serviced through the value chain you know before the part was actually delivered to the particular operator uh, it becomes uh, a herculean task to actually do that kind of traceability because you have to contact several agencies several uh, authorities in order to identify that information so if imagine this kind of information if it were uh, available in a digital format Uh, which would be easily accessible so that that brings in lot of faith and trust in the system altogether and uh, almost 90% of aircraft maintenance records today are paper based so as you just mentioned yeah. you know a lot of documents missed documents all this adds to the chaos and it becomes very difficult to do audits due diligence at a later point of time yeah very much so it becomes very complicated and so i think that any time that we're able to improve it makes a big difference lv did you have a something to jump in on there yeah Yes, so one of the biggest advantages that uh, you know people saw is uh, you know to create the customer confidence in the brand. Yeah. Okay, so imagine a situation where or this is a reality now. Uh, a person in Australia, a dealer in Australia, is actually making a call to the owner of the vehicle, saying that your part is custom cleared. It will arrive in a couple of days. Can I make an appointment for uh, you know something in your vehicle? So they do not have to wait until you know somebody tells them you know the customer clearance has happened. Track and trace solution automatically alerts them that you know this particular part is custom cleared. You get my point. So it's it's that that kind of a this one. So apply to the air airline industry. I'm not a I'm not a subject matter expert in that, but you know I could say that you know if you have planned a maintenance schedule. and you know that you know, you you need these parts for those maintenance schedule and then you know having a certain alerts at a track and trace actually gives the ability to you know plan your maintenance schedule and then you know make sure the resources are available for that without having to depend upon two three different people giving two three different types of information yeah yeah hey um uh, oh go ahead kiran go ahead jump in especially yep. during unplanned maintenance month so you know this example fits in perfectly in case of unplanned maintenance so in a planned maintenance you will do everything properly you know you'll get all your parts on time you have all your labor all your uh, you know services everything uh, will be done on time but when it comes to unplanned maintenance and you need a part urgently on a quick basis this kind of track and trace solution brings in that uh, additional level of security that yes you will get the part on time you will be able to complete your activity and the aircraft will be back in air without any delays or cancellations yeah. Hey um guys I, I about this time in a in a broadcast about 45 minutes minutes into it you know people are starting to their eyes are starting to glaze over and they're thinking I've heard too much information at this point and I I want to go back to something is is that I want to ask you a question is is that you know we've talked about a lot of things and we've said we can optimize things and you can make it better and you can collaborate better and you know and we can have better records and better visibility and you know and and right about now there's somebody sitting out there that says that yeah but you know the tools you have out there today can do that too you know it, how how is the application of blockchain technology in a black blockchain platform any different than the tools that exist out there today as long as the tools that exist out there today gets the information from the ecosystem through the 
whichever channel that are uh, you know available uh, from the centralized ledgers then the reliability and trust uh, you know becomes a major issue where blockchain will add is that reliability and trust of information because none of the participants can deny to share the information or none of the participants can you know fudge the information yeah, I, I think that a couple of things that you guys have said today are really key to me that I think I really want to remember. And one of those are is is that is that your ability to be able to provide this kind of capability is much easier using a blockchain platform than it is with other solutions. That's number one. All right. Number two is is that is that I have personally seen companies that don't optimize supply chains or that they they don't recover warranties or they don't have good record keeping because of the administrative issues that are wrapped around that and the difficulty in actually using solutions today, all right? So you might be one of those people that are sitting out there today and say, yeah, but you know, solutions exist today and you just have to use them. Well, that's great and that's all been well, but if you don't use them and if they're too hard to use or if they don't give you the information you're looking for, then you don't get the results you're looking for. And so I think one of the key things for people to think about today that are watching is, is that from our discussions in the last two weeks is, is that blockchain technology, number one, the platform has been established um, to be able to make it easier to be able to implement this kind of technology, all right? And by providing improved collaboration and by providing distributed ledgers and by providing you know immutability, the ability for things not to be changed and the trust that revolves around all things and making that information more widely available it becomes easier to be able to solve the problems that we have today, all right? The problems aren't really any different. I hear that blockchain is creating the opportunity to be able to make it easier to solve the problems that we're struggling with today. Is that an accurate capture of the situation, guys? Absolutely, and then, you know, with the information explosion that is going to come in in the next 20 years, we, we have to start looking at these kind of solutions uh, to be able to, you know, optimize the cost of the period of time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, listen, I think we have covered this subject, you know, quite well today. And, uh, you know, um, I'm going to take one last uh, thought. I'm not going to put the question up there because it's too long. It's uh, several lines long. But somebody asked here in a question, they said, well, what about applying blockchain technology to the leasing industry? OK, you know, with the concept of uh, of title assets and, uh, you know, maintaining assets, you know, things like that. What are your thoughts on applying blockchain to the assets that are involved in, you know, an aircraft in the leasing industry? What are your thoughts on that? That's Kiran's favorite subject. And he's already, <laughs> okay. All right. he's, he's, already working, he's already working with, you know, a couple of uh, lessors, I think, right, uh, Kiran, uh, in terms of, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. putting this so, idea yes, out. That's one of my favorite topics. Yes, you're absolutely right. right. So, uh, so to answer your question, uh, you know, it, it it all comes down to the digital twins. Actually, you know, the concept of digital twin, which we touched upon in the last uh, last uh, webinar, last discussion. So, digital twin of a part and digital twin of an aircraft is actually going to uh, make a game changer. So, when you have the history of a part, where it was, at which point of time, which was the organization which maintained it, what were the credentials of the engineer who certified that part. Is, is there any incident recorded against that part? All these things will be of huge value to a lessor. And when you have the entire aircraft, its configuration, the position codes, and the various serial numbers attached to various position codes. So when all this information rolls up and becomes, a, you know, becomes a, gets attached to an aircraft, then it is called a digital twin of an aircraft. Now, digital twin of an aircraft is something what the lessors would be really interested in. 
because it not only gives them the latest or the most recent or the most uh, uh, accurate information of the serial attached serial numbers attached to various position codes for the various components it also gives them the it also gives them the information about the uh, i mean models can be built on the latest value of that particular part depending upon the maintenance history or the you know the digital provenance of that particular part itself so uh, in a otherwise scenario aircraft lessors end up uh, uh, you know end up uh, using their own engineers or third party agencies to do an aircraft audit to identify or evaluate uh, the most recent value of an aircraft the latest value of an aircraft so we certainly believe that this kind of blockchain solutions will help the leasing industry and help reduce the amount of time and effort required to do valuations which otherwise has to be done physically by a large team of people great. and for every aircraft great great you know i was personally well, I was personally involved in, you know, a, a lease return one time and it took us three months to do records researches. And I've seen plenty of airlines with problem records. And when they go to return the aircraft, you know, the, um, uh, the, the they have a lot of uh, a lot of liability that exists because um, parts weren't, you know, in, uh, in the condition required per the contract. And so there's a lot of things that revolve all around that. I think the whole idea of digital twin is another discussion for another time. But LV, did you have a quick comment on that? No, I mean, what we are trying to build are, you know, our passion, uh, what we're trying to do across the industry is, you know, create the digital journey of physical products. Yeah. That is what okay. we are trying to do. Yeah. Okay. Very good. 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 Well, hey, listen, Um, I wanted to, again, uh, tell you that the, the purpose for our three-part series in, uh, in blockchain was, number one, to begin to introduce you and try to untangle some of the thoughts and the concepts behind blockchain, because I hear it all the time. And many times it's confusing, and I don't really know how it really applies to what we're doing and where we're going in the aviation industry. But um, our goal was in the first part that we did uh, was to be able to un unravel some of the, the thoughts of blockchain so people would start to better understand it. Number two was today was to be able to focus on the business problems that are out there and how the application of blockchain technology, you know, might be able to help uh, solve some of those, you know, problems out there, right? And then number three, we wanted for those of you that might be interested out there to get more information is, is to dig in and uh, and maybe see an actual application of blockchain, blockchain technology. And so two weeks from now, we're actually going to do a webinar um, it'll be on a Zoom session because it's easier to do a more detailed, you know, um, discussion around uh, a product itself if we're in like a Zoom session. So if you'd like to sign up for this Zoom webinar, um, you can go to that uh, uh, URL that's scrolling on the screen there right now, um, blockchain.digitalaircraft.org. And at that uh, webinar, there'll be some discussion of blockchain, there'll be some discussion of problems, but there'll also be an unraveling of a solution and how that solution really has been successful in, in uh, uh, solving some of these big problems that we're talking about. Guys, <clears throat> I want to wrap it up today. I really appreciate uh, you being here today and your expertise and your enthusiasm you know, toward uh, blockchain. Hey, I am all about recovery in aviation. I, I want to help the industry to recover in aviation, all right? And finding ways that we can reduce cost and create optimizations is definitely a way that we can recover in aviation. And you guys are all about doing that. And I really appreciate what you're doing in the industry and how you're helping companies to be able to optimize, you know, within the industry. Um, I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to seeing your uh, webinar that you do just two weeks from now on March 10th. Guys, thank you for joining today. I appreciate your knowledge and your insight. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks, guys. Hey, to everybody out there watching, thank you for joining another session of Recovery in Aviation. Um, we try to bring them regular to you weekly or twice a week even, and uh, I invite you to join us in the future again for a session of Recovery in Aviation. Thank you for joining today. Fair winds and following seas to you, and have a great day. Bye. Hey, wait, don't go away yet. We have a lot more interesting information to come. Hey, I really appreciate you watching this broadcast, but in order for us to continue to bring this to you free, we have sponsors. I'd really appreciate it if you would just listen to our sponsor and then we'll get right back to the podcast. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Digital Aircraft Secrets podcast. Digital Aircraft exists to promote safe and efficient worldwide air transport Aviation connects the world. Aviation connects us as people. Join the conversation on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook at hashtag digital aircraft. Let's help the aviation industry be a thriving place for all of us to reach our dreams.